0: So I have a very short message tonight. Tonight's supposed to be Ascension Night. I'm, I'm wondering if we're going to be able to get through the message in time to just close the service out with a short ascension, uh, which might be fun since we have uh, all of you here. But let us let me tell you what I, I want to talk about. What are you and God going to create in the upcoming year? Okay, so that's the question. And... Uh, I I remember I sent out a little text for those of you that are on the text network, and if not, you should just sign up on it. There's information on that little brochure there. Um, I, I admonish everybody not to write themselves out of that question. Because we live in a world where you're given all kinds of options about your own ability to create. I'm not a creative person, or I'm a numbers person, or uh blah, 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 I'm a worker bee, or it doesn't matter what. <clears throat> We are in partnership with God to create stuff. And so I've got a couple examples just out of the room right now. So, Tom and Tommy, there's a myriad of things that you could answer this with because I know you're digging deep into the, the whole physical dimension of wholeness and healing. Uh, you know, it runs right parallel to your nursing thing. And, and Tommy, you're a reader, you're a thinker, but here's an example that I think you guys will agree with. You can... And probably should work with God to create something new that has never existed before in Sam, your grandson. See what I'm saying? It doesn't have to be a new invention. Doesn't have to be a book. Doesn't have to be a new song or a new formula. Uh, Dave, Dave and Amy were sitting over here, uh, last week and then Saturday we had a seminar. Dave's a neuropsychologist that the Lord woke him up in the middle of the night about two and a half years ago and said, try glucose. And he did a bunch of research and now he's got a, a company that's beginning to grow that does, uh, glucose, uh, high intensity glucose therapy to recover brain function, to repair nerve damage, to do all kinds of things. And it was an idea from God. Is a creative thing. And now he's in that process. And it's just as creative now that he's trying to figure out how to roll out a seminar, how to talk about it, how to create something that'll dose, because it's a bunch of glucose. It's like a shot glass full four times a day, <laughs> which sounds counterintuitive, but so is flying. And so is pushing the stick down when you stall, you know? So there's all kinds of things like that. So anyway, but the example, like with Sam, is what you and God create that has never been in Sam's life before. See, I'm not, do you understand what I'm talking about? We, like when we talked about healing for the last few weeks, the the final part of that series was let's not get so focused on supernatural instantaneous healing that we forget that God is healing all around us all the time. If you bump your head, more likely than not, that bump will go down. If you cut your finger, more likely than not, it'll heal. Sometimes it doesn't because there's bad things in the world and a broken, fallen world. But healing is all around us. And so is creativity. So is creativity. When you whip, like I like to cook. So I, I, I'm for sure going to be conscious that God doesn't mind working with me in me to express something new. And if I'm, and, and again, the point that I want to make is, Let's ask the question and let's come up with an answer. Now, does the answer have to be right? I'm not sure that's really the point, but it might be. I think that there are longings in our hearts that can better be expressed as you and God creating something that never exists than how I have a tendency to express those longings, which is to try to figure out how to turn it into a project that I have to then work at and produce. Now, I'm I'm not against work. And bless God, I, I love working on stuff, but I like the idea of thinking of it first as a partnership in creativity. It might be an investment. I know uh, Ronnie's back with his mom in uh, Philadelphia or Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh. And and uh, if if he were here, he'd say one of the things he's he's working with God to create is a uh, algorithm system. That allows for some relatively safe and productive day trading. And he's got a cr- programmer working with him. And it's a big project and he's making a lot of progress, you know, making a lot of progress. It costs him a little bit of money in the process because you can lose money fast, I guess, day trading if you're not careful. But he's working out with all his heart and he believes God's in it and he's got great motives for, for doing it. Uh, like I say, the situation with Sam, you know, who knows? But if you're conscious of it, just like you're conscious of healing, you're conscious of the presence of the Lord, you're conscious of the fact that uh the name of Jesus is, has been bestowed upon us to use in circumstances. I, I mean, do, how many here, if you were honest, would confess that you think you underuse the name of Jesus? I I do. Because I can go back and think of a lot more situations that I fretted over that I did not invoke that name. All right. So that's just a shift in thinking. You know what I mean? And I'm not talking about, you know, Jesus this, Jesus that. Jesus that. That's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is living life in the consciousness that the King has, has drawn us into his court and has given us his name. The same thing comes here. We really are co-creators with God. The other thing we looked at last week when uh, we looked at, uh, one, that we're loved by God, and so we don't have to keep working for love. Working for love is a redundancy that we don't need in our life because it takes time and energy that can be devoted to living in Christ and invoking His name and proclaiming things. Does that make sense? So when you know you're loved... And then you can, you can begin to put, um, the right parameters around being sent. And one of those parameters is this idea of being creative. All right. So here's, I, I don't usually do this, but I pulled a passage out of the message Bible. Meaning, when I say I don't usually do this for the benefit of you guys, I usually just teach out of, well, I've been switching a little bit. I usually teach out of the New American Standard, uh, cause you got to get into the words anyway. And I like that, but I've been, Messing around with N.T. Wright's New Testament, and I really like that. But today, I felt like Eugene Peterson just said it the way I wanted to say it, and then we're going to jump in into NASB. I'm not saying that I have all this all together, that I've made it, but I am well on my way. Now, there is an amazing statement. I wish that every one of us could say, I'm well on my way. Because I believe, every one of us in this room, and I know most of you a little bit, I believe we are well on our way. We're well on our way, not because, you know, Paul said, the life I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God. So the driving constituent power in you, the force in you, is clearly well on its way (laughs) to the kingdom being restored and applied everywhere. That's the faith of Jesus. So we've got to start shifting our thinking a little bit about that. We've got to start embracing the reality that faith is not our problem because we live a life that is driven by the faith of Jesus Christ himself. And, and I don't know how more plainly to state that even to my own heart. So our problem is not faith. Jesus said, if you have the faith of a mustard seed, because that faith is the door that opens ours, you know, I mean, opens his in our lives. And so, am I a pro at it? I wouldn't qualify myself as such. But I know it's true. And more and more quickly now, my thoughts turn that way, whether away from the temptation to go, well, so what's wrong or what am I missing or what's this or what's that? Okay. So anyway, I'm not saying that I have all this together and I can echo that, uh, that I have it made, but I am well on my way. Reaching out for Christ, who has so wondrously reached out for me. Friends, don't get me wrong. By no means do I count myself an expert in all of this. But I've got my eye on the goal where God is beckoning us onward to Jesus. I'm off and running, and I'm not turning back. I thought that's pretty good. That's pretty good. All right, so we're facing a new year. I don't know what everybody thinks about New Year's. If you had a really rough 2019 or 2018 in a row. Then it may you may be a little gun shy, you know, if you've uh, had a life characterized by New Year's resolutions that peter out sometime in January or February. You may you may think a question like this is too threatening, but I just encourage you: you're well on your way, and you're well on your way. I love the way you put this. I'm well on my way, reaching out for Christ who has so wondrously reached out for me. One of the, one of the um, really beautiful principles about God and his relationship with us in the New Covenant is articulated, I think, by John in uh, 1 John chapter 4, where twice he says, we love because he loved us. God is love. And therefore, we have the capacity to love, not just to love God, that is true, but to love one another. And could I even say love ourselves? That capacity is given to us because God is who he is, and he's doing something to us, and that something is love. Jesus reinforced it as the central command in the New Covenant when he says, a new command I give to you. Love one another as I have loved you. As I have loved you. So we love because God first loved us, and I think we have the faith to be utilized by God in the creative process as we face this next year because faith was first given to us. The life we live is, is by faith of Jesus. We also have faith given to us as a gift. Every man has a measure of faith given to him, it says in Romans. And so we, we are literally lacking nothing except possibly... The awareness that this is in fact intrinsic to our being. This partnership with God for the sake of creativity. Make sense? Okay. So, uh, um, yeah, he says, but I'm well on my way reaching out for Christ who has wondrously reached out for me. So how many of you have spent a time of your Christian life in the, in the phrase there, reaching out for Christ as if that were a, as that were some kind of maze you had to go through or mountain you had to climb or discipline you had to exercise. That my reaching out to Christ is, is, is my responsibility. It's my work. No. It really is like I would suspect that if she ever slows down enough and she comes up to you and you go like this, she goes like this. It's just built into us. That's what sons and daughters do. That characterizes our reaching out for Christ. We don't have to levitate to get up to his level. We don't have to leap or anything along those lines. Although if we want to leap, I'm sure that that's an acceptable approach. But it's as simple as that because here comes the power. Here comes the power to pick me up. Here comes the power to embrace me. Here comes the power to grasp. And and I'm not secure in that embrace because of my grip. I'm secure in that embrace because of his. See what I'm saying? So this is how I want us to think about what's coming up in a year. Um, there's another one here. So I'm going to jump over to the same passage in the New American Standard and emphasize this one verse down here. So how do we receive 2020? And I'm just using 2020 as an example because it's it's coming. I mean, it's like, what, five days away or something like that. Not that I have already obtained it, this is the New American Standard, or have already become perfect, but I press on so that I may lay hold of that for which also I was laid hold of by Christ Jesus. Brethren, I do not regard myself as having laid hold of it yet, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead. Forgetting and reaching forward. Now, do I think that that forgetting is an absolute forgetting no, because there's a bunch of other places in the Scripture that talk about remember, all right? Um, fortunately, we don't have to pit Scripture against Scripture. We can look at what this says and pretty much discern the meaning of it without a whole lot of, of issues. Don't remember the things that are uncharacteristic of the nature of your relationship with Jesus. Sometimes things are small and simple to forget, and uh, to leave in the past, and other times, they're hard. They're really hard. And I don't exactly know how to even characterize forgetting, except that one of the foundational realities of the New Covenant is, is a type of forgetting. God says that all these things, uh, uh, I'm going to be your guide, you're going to be my people, I'm going to write my law in your heart and put it in your mind, Every man's going to know me. Nobody's going to have to tell his neighbor. No, the Lord, was, everybody's going to know me from least to greatest. All of this is going to happen because I'm going to, um, I'm going to have mercy on your transgressions, your iniquities, and I'm going to remember your sins no more or forget your sins. That's powerful. That is an intrinsic part of the covenant by which God is dealing with humanity, and it is, it is something that. We have to simply believe because we don't have reference points to go up and check whether he's remembering or not. So it's something we have to exercise that measure of faith. But I remember when, when I first dug into that and taught it a few years ago and began to see the lights come on for myself. It's interesting because it says, you know, it, it, it basically means I'll meet or I'll, I'll uh, interface. I'll, I'll receive your transgressions with mercy and no and if you read it in greek there's a double negative there no no not ever will i remember your sins and associate them with you that's powerful so i got this whole image in my head now about how that gets dismissed and what the look of the face of the father is like when uh, when i come to him carrying some big ugly thing but that's what we're talking about here so can we do that well We love, this principle is amazing, and I don't feel like I'm stepping across any lines to try to apply it. We love because he first loved us. We have faith because he has faith and has given us a measure of it. Can I forget my stumblings, my failures, and even the the crappy stuff that happens that there's no good explanation for? Can I forget that because he has the capacity to forget it? Or put another way, should I remember something that God chooses to forget? And if so, you have to explain to me the logic behind that. Especially when that thing is screaming out to try to hold our future, even if it's just our 2020 future, hostage. Hold it back. Matter of fact, the only time I can remember something in Scripture that says, uh, "How does this say it?" It says that uh, they will say things have always been the same since the beginning, and that is why their skepticism about the coming of the Lord is in their life. But you know what? That's just plain not right. Things haven't always been the same since the beginning. There was a time when things were different. There was a big time at the coming of Jesus Christ where everything changed. All of a sudden, God himself became a man. And then, as it worked out, that man was able to assume and embrace everything about, about humanity. I'll draw all to myself. He was able, through that embrace of humanity, to also redeem the cosmos around him. Is it fully redeemed? No. I think, I think Hebrews says pretty plainly, we don't see everything under his feet, but we see Jesus. And this is what I was thinking when you guys were singing that last song. Oh, my God. And I mean that literally. That you gave us your name. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing that needs to be brought to bear Against the future, that's the thing that needs to be brought to bear against this creativity, and what we can do with that. See what I'm saying? That's needs. That's that's how we have to think, and it's how we have to speak. And fortunately, we were given something to speak. In, uh, in the uh, First Corinthians, it, it says, "I believe, therefore, I spoke." We've used that in ways that I don't really. Want to take a huge issue in, but, but I honestly think that the narrowness of the understanding of our capacity to speak and, and see something happen or get something or whatever. I think that it's, it's just that. It's a narrowness. I have no beef if you want to speak something and, and believe it and claim it. But do not let that one function define the reality of the whole thing. Because the reality of the whole thing is is Jesus articulating from his position as the king of the kingdom of God and of heaven into this world. And that's a big deal. Last week we studied that section in John 20, uh, 21, 2021, where Jesus said, uh you know, he breathed on him and said, receive the Holy Spirit. And then you hardly ever hear any sermons about this unless you're maybe a Catholic uh, and they're recruiting for priest or something. Because he says, whosoever sins you forgive, they're forgiven. And whoever sins you retain, they're retained. And I, I'll be honest with you, I don't exactly know what that means, but I'm becoming persuaded that it means its simplest meaning. Which is when you find yourself in a position where there's a person who are burdened down by their sins, you have the power in the name of Jesus to say, my friend, your sins are forgiven. And it's only been the last couple of years that hasn't made my skin crawl because I felt like I was like way over, overstepping. But, but that's what he says. And when you think that what you're doing is you're doing this with his faith. You're doing it with his name. You're doing it with the love that you have the ability to pour out only and exclusively because he's loved you. Well, then it makes a lot more sense. Because all we're doing is representing him. Or all he's doing is representing himself to us. So all of these kind of things are that way. So what do we do? We forget and uh, and we we. Re- Now, I do want to read uh, this little passage on that reaching forward thing because N.T. Wright does a pretty good job putting some new language to him. And I like Wright because I know he's a pretty serious Greek scholar for sure. Um, So he says this. um, This is verse 13. My dear family, I don't reckon that I have yet overtaken it. But this is my one aim, to forget everything that's behind and to strain every nerve to go after what's ahead. I mean to chase on toward the finishing post where the prize waiting for me is the upward call of God in King Jesus. Strain every nerve. Um, I don't know yet, and this is a journey that I'm on, I don't know how to fully embrace, uh, kind of a superlative like that without running the risk of turning it into work. But I'm not staying back from it for that reason. I realize I've just grown up with my words and my mind conditioned to have to take it in my own hands. And so there's this interesting thing going on in my life about rest and intensity. And you can see how it turns out if you check back occasionally, (laughs) because I'm in process. So anyway... That's kind of, kind of what, what we do. And, uh, the next point that I wanted to make using the same verse was that we press on. That's what he says, strain with every nerve. But this just real simply says that we press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. And that's one of the things that I've, that's, that's, uh, spoken to me in new ways, uh, this last couple of years because uh, my journey, for those of you that don't know, my journey, uh, in Christianity started as a Southern Baptist, and then I got filled with the Holy Spirit, as I understood it at the time, and, and became a Assemblies of God person, and then we went through a couple of things from there and ended up in the Vineyard, and I pastored a Vineyard Church for a long time. Then we got out, got back in church, I had a little 17-year season away, and, uh, from the ministry, not away from God. And <clears throat> then we got back in here, and, and, um, Got hooked up with some stuff going on out of Bethel. Got a lot more engaged in the prophetic ministry and, um, seeing stuff and speaking stuff. And, and then that progressed a little bit toward, uh, ascensions and things like that when I met Nancy and some of the others. And I see the thread through it. I see the reality of all that stuff. It's not like, you know, one thing doesn't relate to the other. But right down here, I'm, I, it's hard for me now to read this for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ. Without thinking about that concept of ascending, that concept of being with Jesus, seeing it now, uh, listening to John sit there in the Spirit on the Lord's Day in Patmos and, and hear a voice say, come up here. I'm going to show you. And so I thought, you know, it would be like the height of neglect to raise a question, what are you going to create with God in 2020 without saying, if you don't know now, why don't you go look? Ask God if he'll show you. And Greg, you and I were talking earlier about a form of that question. Father, how do you see this? How do you see the situation, this person or whatever the case is? This is one of those skills to cultivate. And again, I hope it's not a doctrine to either receive or reject. I, I hope that that uh, you have had time all of you have had time in your life and i suspect most of you have i hope you've had time in your life to realize that access to god is one of the things jesus died and rose again to provide and whether you call it prophetic insight whether you call it getting uh rhema out of the bible you know we we've been we've been chipping away at it for a long time and if we if the lord tarries and we go there probably be greater and new names for revelation and access, but the point is, Jesus died so that he could live in us, and that we could live in him, and we could be presented to the Father and Are there aspects of that presentation that aren't going to be final until other things happen? Sure, uh, but that doesn't diminish the value of the access we have now, and so as we how do you receive twenty twenty I think you receive it. By applying the most fundamental aspect of like the Lord's Prayer, you know, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And remembering that Jesus said, As the Father sent me, so send I you. And remembering that um, the most basic admonition about about believing in God that I find in the New Testament is uh is in Hebrews chapter 11, where it says, he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those that seek him. (laughs) You know? Some of the translators were hung up on the performance thing, like I used to be, and they put diligently seek him. It's not in there. I'm not saying don't seek him diligently. I'm saying that's not a requirement. I think it probably is, but it's not what it says. It just means seek him. It just means come to him. Okay, so when I ask the question, what are you and God going to bring into this world? That's what I mean by create something that already exists, something that exists in its undeveloped form, Something in heaven, you know, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, earth to heaven. This is what we're doing. So back to the illustration about Sam, because it's one that's so easy to believe. You guys have the power because of your relationship with Christ and your stature as sons who are sent like Jesus. You have the power to create something brand new. Now, it, when I say brand new, I don't want you to get hung up on that. Brand new in Sam's life. Something that doesn't exist there yet, but can exist. Brand new in your business. Brand new in our church. Brand new in the community. Brand new in the consciousness of people out there. Brand new in your family. Or brand new, brand new. That is the tremendous privilege we have. The world is not pre-built. Can I say that? Yeah. Okay. The world is not fundamentally pre-built. It is fundamentally built and released in partnership. Uh, if you are a determinist, we can have a conversation after. <laughs> But if you're an open theist of some fashion and you believe that the choices that we make in response to the unction of God in our life by the Holy Spirit shapes our future and shapes the future of other people, then that's what I mean when I say, what are we going to bring into this world in 2020? And so um I would like to hear that some uh, if we could, and I think Greg's got the lights on, I'm not sure if so, I'll turn them on. But would anybody like to share what it is that, uh, you think, and here's what, here's why this is important. One, we like doing stuff like this. And two, we're gonna get a chance to say amen to that. And one of the functions of the church is to add the amen. We agree. And, you know, the Lord, it's still a truth that where two or more agrees, touching anything, you know, the Lord's going to be there in their midst. And when we agree, I don't exactly know how, and I don't think it's just a matter of getting a whole bunch of people to agree with you, but there's some kind of affirmation from the we that is the church. So if you have an an inkling, or if you have something that you I would especially like you to do it if you have something that uh is kind of like a a long lost hope or something like that let's speak it out let's invoke the name of Jesus over it let the body join you petite though we are tonight but i heard you guys worshiping so i'm not worried about petiteness anybody i'll give you an example in my life uh the Lord, I—I I, I just rehearsed all the times the Lord has spoken to me prophetically, and at least all that I could remember, in my journaling uh, today, yesterday. All the times the Lord has spoken to me about writing a book, and so, and uh, so anyway, I'm gonna, I'm gonna lay that out there. I want to bring a book into existence in 2020. Would you guys agree with me? See, that went hard, <laughs> Jeremy. This is my first time here. Jeremy and Amy are elders in our church, but they live back in Illinois, and so um, weird, isn't it? <laughs> if you aspire to be an elder in Joyland, you can live anywhere. <laughs> but it is good; it's it's one of the things the Lord's doing. So, yeah, go ahead, bud.
1: Well, um, there's a there's something that's been kind of an impossibility in my life, and back going back into 2001. Um, I ran into some, some difficulties in my life, some things that I created, some trouble I got myself into. Then there's just been lingerings of that ever since. And, uh, even though I did the steps and things I needed to do, the lingerings still exist and they, they pop up, um, for me internally. They, you know, and there are things that, that my, you know, my my wife and my kids and you know things, you know they they just pop up from time to time and then and so uh, we've we've kind of pursued um, you know with, with conversations with with different people what would this take you know to let these things go away mm-hmm. and and uh, and but on the other hand there there was this this uh, when when that happened when the crap hit the fan there was this group of people that from our church that just bonded and pulled me in tight and said we're going to show you uh you know what a what a godly man looks like acts like smells like you know and they did you know it was a 10 year process and and so after you know after so long I would go back to this group of people uh, about a dozen people and every November 15th and I would say I want to thank you for for hanging on and, and sticking with me, and, and here's my life now. And and uh, last year was the first year when there was a kind of a, a word that I, I felt like the Lord was saying, which was, it's time to let that go. Mm-hmm. The, the, not that you're not still thankful, but the, the recognition of something that's in the past when these people have already let it go themselves. You know, and they're seeing my family and they're seeing that miracle mm-hmm. that's that's come about. But I decided, you know what, I'm I'm not going to honor the past anymore. And I don't know what kind of effect that's going to have necessarily, but it seems like the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. So for 2020, um, the impossibility for, for me is that this thing would be eradicated completely. And... Um, I know my wife listening in on the top left-hand corner up there. Uh, <laughs> you know, this is something we, we both believe in. She's probably got a little more faith than I do in this, as it usually happens. You know, somebody else usually has a little more faith when you're the one that's dealing with something. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I would appreciate the, the amen from you and the agreement from you, even though you don't all know the circumstances. Some of you might, but, uh, that would be, be, I can't explain it. It would be. Yeah. It would be an, one of my most amazing, significant things that's ever happened in my life. So. The only other
0: uh, comment that I'd add to that is, it seems to fit exactly in the covenant that we are in with God. That I will meet your transgression with mercy, which God certainly has done. And your uh, sins I will in no way, not ever remember and assign to you. So, can you guys say amen to that? Amen. 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 Anybody else? Mm. This is Lyle, everybody.
2: <laughs> hey, how's it going? Um, I guess when I think of 2020, um, the first thing comes like a definition. 2020. What is 2020? Perfect vision. Mm. And um, <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. And so I guess... I, over the years of my life, um, there's so many missed opportunities not hearing the Holy Spirit correctly or stepping out and moving on it that I should have. Um, so I don't know. I just feel like I, I and I, and I think this is also more of a corporate thing too. I think there's a lot of things that we should all embrace since this 2020 vision. If we will simply step out and kind of prophesy it over ourselves, that we can do this and and move with the Holy Spirit and and do what the Father wants.
0: So, would you characterize it as as seeing clearly, uh, seeing precisely? How would you How would you want um, us to talk about? I, I
2: guess simply a a situation um, in the sense of sharing with someone, or if someone needs to hear something, just.
0: We need wisdom in a decision. We need, you know, and one of the things that, that that is a big deal in my life that I'm going to throw in on it is I had a real, a noticeable change in the way I walk with the Lord when I realized that I could say to him, uh, Papa, I don't exactly trust how I see this, but if you'll show me how you see it, then I can enter into agreement with that without any problem. And so I don't know if that contradicts it a little bit. Uh, or if it's a part of what you're saying, but I can absolutely get in on this with the idea of that I may see as you see with what I think would be this 2020 vision for sure. You guys agree with that? Amen. Father, we say yes to that and we give ourselves to be beneficiaries of, uh, of this, uh, 2020 vision as you see it, Father. We pray for our country as well, Father, that a clarity of vision would be released over it. Um, because there's a lot working against that. A lot of distortion and a lot of stuff, Lord. And without rendering judgment, Lord, we just ask that we might see clearly and see as you see. In, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And we invoke Jesus' name over you and over that, that your life would manifest how the Father does business, in Jesus' name. Amen. Yes, sweetie.
3: Okay. So this is from Lisa on, on Zoom. Okay. And she says um, that she has a dream to have a free class at my local church, two times a month minimum, teaching chair flagging for the elderly who are in wheelchair-ridden people or anyone with limited mobility or upper body strength challenged.
0: That sounds cool.
3: Yeah. (laughs) That sounds really cool. But we all know Lisa. She's got a lot of things going on in her life. Yep. Okay. So she also wrote three country songs this month and believing that they will get bought and some by someone big. Okay. I'm on that one. All right. And I am going to finish my second book by January 2nd, and one of the other four I gave started by June. Then um, she says, I don't know how the Zoom thing works. Um, I have been prophesied to by more than three people that God uh, will write books through me, and I've heard it too. And I actually believe Joilin has prophesied that over her too. Amen. So let's agree with that.
0: Yeah. So Lord, we we agree with Lisa in these things, and uh, it sounds like that cheer flagging idea could be something brand new in the lives of those individuals. Brand new. might even be brand new in a lot of places, but... It's absolutely going to be brand new in the lives of those that are there. So we say yes. We say yes to that. We say yes to the creativity of the writing and the partnering and getting those books created. We uh, do call in the, the buyers for songs in the books. We thank you for that creativity, and we do so. In Jesus' name, we speak Jesus' name over, over all of this creativity. Lord, I thank you that you want to do this through Lisa. I thank you that you want to birth this into the world and that Lisa is available. We say yes. And amen. Amen. Anybody else? Sometimes it's hard to do this. Don't make it a work. And don't make it something that if you say it, you've got to somehow make it happen. That's not what I'm trying to accomplish. Now, will there come a point where God's going to give you the first step or you're going to encounter a person, or you're going to have a thought and say, well, I need to do this. Yes, yes. And that's what obedience is for. Obedience is not something to prove that you love God. Obedience is something to do when you know God and when you hear Him. Okay? So, don't embrace this as a word. Receive it. You're going to receive this in 2020. think like, uh, that's especially appropriate to the the list of things that Lisa just shared. You're going to receive it. You're going to receive a complete s- severing of that. Yeah. Anybody else? All right. Ah.
4: All right there's a couple of things I think one is I want to be able to this year fully walk in the revelation of Second Peter 1 7 where that he has provided everything for me mm-hmm. and in him is everything because I get into this mode of fear you know well what about this what about that and that's all in my past and I don't want to live out of the past anymore mm-hmm the fear of the past or those tapes that run in when I first get up in the morning and have all that stuff going on. I want to be able to get up in the morning and go, I am a son of God and I will walk in the fullness of what he has for me today and everything that I need for this day comes to me and that that has started already and I'm going to just intersect with everything Mm -hmm. and have that confidence that I can relax and rest and know that I can just walk that way. And I don't Mm -hmm. have to be angry or let all the stuff from the past come. Not even, I mean, just the subconscious stuff that's there that just kind of evokes an emotion, you know, of some sort. Then I go, and I'm becoming more and more aware of every thought, every emotion. So that I can truly take it captive and go, that's not the life I live anymore. Mm -hmm. That is not, that's the old me. The new me is walking in completeness. Mm -hmm. I am complete, totally complete every single day. And I want to walk in that. I really want to embrace it and walk in that. And I also want, I love frequencies. You know, I love frequencies. And so I really want God to I just want to be able to step into the unknown and say, "I want a frequency thing that will heal people." I don't know what that looks like. I have no clue, you know, but but just to be able to set people free, you know I mean that's my passion, and it's been my passion forever. And so I want to be able to to walk in whatever that means that I have no clue. Mm-hmm. but it's a it's a passion and a desire, and I know it 's from him and so I just want to be able to step into that unknown thing and say Do it i don 't even know what it means
0: okay now you see this this last thing you talked about this frequency thing this is a perfect example of what I mean by not overblowing the idea of me being a creative a co creator with god uh, I mean Tommy has a life, she has a family, she also a nurse, so there 's plenty of environment there. And and this brand new thing can manifest in that world. Mm -hmm. Can manifest in that world. And it is absolute creativity, just like the creativity that said, let there be light and there was light. And it's from the same source. It's just that now we have been brought in. This is what's so amazing about the incarnation of Christ. Humanity, through his incarnation and his work on the cross, was drawn into everything that he is. And it's done with him. It's not some weird um, I become a god thing. It's just the way the universe is. It's how God designed it. He made us to be family. He made us that way. And because we've grown up seeing the the, the sense of separation and of fragmentation, which is probably better than the word separation, we think that's the norm, and we're trying to achieve some kind of union. It's not. The norm is what he created, and and the hiding in the bushes is the aberration. And so what we're looking for is exactly what you were made for. And we say, Amen. Amen, amen to that. Amen to that. Amen to that. And then I, I really want to go back and reinforce my amen to what, Lyle, you were saying, because a lot of this starts with seeing Jesus only did what he saw the Father doing. Well, that kind of clarity is what Jesus walked in and modeled and that we can ask for and receive. And there's nothing illegal about that. There's nothing overly spiritual about that in some weird way. That is who we are. Amen. Amen. Well, let me share uh, one other thing, And, and I want to do my best to release you into this not from it. Uh, Some of you didn't speak, and part of the reason you might not have spoken is you weren't sure about what it was or what it is that you think the Lord wants you to co-create with him. Let me say to you that I believe absolutely without a doubt that if you will adopt the, the proper understanding of creating with God something new, and it can be as, as tiny and intimate and powerful a thing as uh, something in your grandson or a blessing for your family or a blessing for something. If you won't turn it into some big, uh, deal that you gotta struggle with religiously uh, about creating, all of you will have those things. And the clarity that we're looking for in sight and the ability in our heart to receive, I just bless you with that. I bless you with that so that when you do it now, it may come in the quietness of your own devotion or while you're driving home, uh, from work, you know, or something along those lines. And it doesn't have a cutoff deadline on the first. But it you just may, it just may dawn on you. It may rise up in you. Wow, here's something that's been lingering like a seed in my heart. And you're now, I get the impression, Lord, you're saying, now can be the time. Then just agree with that. Make that declaration, and to incorporate the weeness, text a friend, and just say, "Hey, the Lord spoke to me about whatever it was." You see what I'm saying? So I want to I want to release you that you can keep after this. This isn't a one time deal that is like an altar in church where if you don't if you don't uh, <laughs> respond, you can't have it. <laughs> this is this is our a, a forward step in our understanding of our intimacy through Christ with our Father. Amen? All right. Father, well, thank you. Thank you for that. Lord, there are are seeds of creativity in this room all over the place. Lord, we also give ourselves to you, and one that I want to do, we've got a Hispanic church joining us next Friday, and I don't know what join means. I don't know if it means walking this way or doing this or doing this. And they don't either. We're just seeing what's going on. And we have the friends, Gil and Adina coming in a, um, just a few days to be here. And Gil talks all the time about, let's find out what God's doing. Let's find out what God's doing. And so, Lord, 2020 is a, it's a big year for Joyland. And we say, yes, Lord, yes, give us that 2020 vision that Lyle spoke of. Help us see clearly so that we can obey. Help us hear clearly so that we can step out and obey. And uh I, I pray a blessing, Lord, on those folks that are gonna be joining with us in one capacity or another, we we receive them with open arms. We thank you for what you're doing. We thank you for the privilege of it. Um Lord, there's a couple other networks that are that are showing signs of that same kind of movement, so here we sit and we don't know exactly what the future's gonna hold, but we know that you bring it to us and we say yes to it, and you know that and we know that you treat us with the dignity of sons and daughters and friends, that you don't withhold the information of your heart from us, and our choices matter. So I thank you for that, Father. And I pray blessing on everybody that's here, that they will enter 2020 with a greater level of confidence in the partnership that you have granted to them to create. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. (laughs) In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Thanks, guys. I hope you have a a, a wonderful continuing holiday week or whatever it is for you. Now, you guys are up here, right? Sweet. Sweet. And uh, these guys and these guys are related in the sense that when these guys go back to Florida, these guys (laughs) move into their house. (laughs) So that's kind of a fun situation to be sitting here. And uh, Jeremy, you guys are heading out Monday. Sunday? Okay. So now when you see Jeremy and Amy online, um, you'll, you'll have met them.